0: Welcome to Biospeak, the podcast for your biology starter pack. I'm your host Luba, and together we will take a look behind a curtain of life. Let's get started. Hello, future biologists. Welcome to the conclusion of our journey through the intricacies of DNA. In the previous episode, we explored the DNA ladder model, the double helix structure with its unique anti-parallel arrangement and the fundamental functions of DNA. Today, our microscope zooms in on the molecular structure of the double helix, shedding light on DNA's tiniest building block, the nucleotide. DNA's backbone is constructed from phosphate groups and deoxyribose sugars. But hold on a second. Now you might be thinking, didn't you mention in part 1 that DNA's sugar is a pentose? And you are absolutely right. Pentose is a broad term for a sugar with precisely five carbon atoms, and deoxyribose happens to be the specific five carbon sugar that is interwoven into DNA's framework. The negatively charged phosphate group forms a robust bond with the fifth carbon atom of the sugar, a connection known as a phosphodiester bond. This bond is the very foundation of the helical structure of a DNA molecule. On the opposite end, the first carbon atom, the sugar joins forces with one of four nitrogenous bases or nucleobases. For DNA, these bases include adenine, cytosine, guanine and thymine. Imagine this sugar molecule extending its hand, or in this case a carbon atom, to a phosphate group at the fifth carbon and clasping another with a nitrogenous base at the first carbon atom. As we have learned in our previous episode, when you combine a phosphate group, a pentose sugar, and a nucleobase, you get a nucleotide, the building blocks of DNA. Given that DNA is a double strand, we must link a complementary nucleotide to the first one. These two nucleotides bond at their nitrogenous bases via hydrogen bonds, which while essential, are relatively weak. So what is this complementary base concept all about? Well, Nucleobases can only pair up in specific combinations. For DNA, adenine only pairs with thymine, and cytosine can only bond with guanine. Consequently, if one strand, for example, contains a sequence of adenine, guanine, and thymine, the corresponding bases on the opposite strand would be thymine, cytosine, and adenine. This way, DNA forms a double strand. But how does DNA grow in length? To elongate the strand, we add more nucleotides underneath. The next nucleotide attaches itself to the third carbon atom of the sugar molecule, more precisely to the hydroxyl group of the third carbon atom. This explains why a DNA strand extends only from the 5' to the 3' direction, starting at the fifth carbon atom and gradually adding more nucleotides to the third carbon atom. And there you have it, the double helix DNA structure. To accommodate the vast amount of genetic information necessary for building an organism, these DNA strands require compression. They wrap around positively charged molecules called histones, forming structures known as nucleosomes, which then compact into chromosomes. I hope this journey has given you a clearer understanding of how the blueprint for all living organisms is constructed and organized. Biospeak is committed to nurturing your scientific curiosity and knowledge. To achieve this, we need your support. If you know someone hungry for a boost in biology knowledge, kindly spread the word and recommend Biospeak to friends, family and fellow students. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and share your thoughts on your preferred podcast platform. And be sure to tune in next time for another peek behind the curtain of life.